know Your ass better call somebody I'm gonna have to go tell the world exactly what's on the list of Jericho. You just made the list! Dusty Rose, the legendary American dream. Well, you got all of it, you can stand, baby. Nobody run down my people. Give me a hell yeah. What? Believe that. You're fired. Screw you. You're fired. Wrestling fans, are you What's up, guys? What's up, ladies? Especially the ladies. Welcome to another episode of Just Bring It Wrestling Talk with your man, Wrestling Movie G, the Wrestling Movie Guy, and my good man, J-Dash, a.k.a. James. Maybe I got that backwards, but sometimes I forget which one's which. And make sure to follow him at XF Podcast. Remember to follow me at Wrestling Movie G. Boom! Promo's out of the way. Let's get started, guys. Right to the point. Uh, this has been a pretty exciting week for WWE Wrestling. There's been a lot of announcements, uh, some departures, and some new pay-per-views. Right off the bat, we got to talk about Evolution. Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, and my God, Vince McMahon. Yes, they, all three of them were in the ring this past week to make a huge announcement that uh, I feel like I should have seen coming, but yet I didn't. <laughs> but it was exciting. Evolution. No, no, not not Ric Flair, Batista, Randy Orton, and Triple H. No, Evolution, a pay-per-view was announced. A brand new all-women's pay-per-view. Something that we have never seen before outside of uh, the old wrestling promotion, Glow, which a lot of people have been watching, uh, the television show based on that on Netflix. We have yet to have actually seen a true, bona fide, grand-scale all women's pay-per-view. This is huge news, people. This is massive news. It could also be massive damage control after the uh, Saudi Arabia incident. But, man, I'm psyched. Regardless of whether or not this is damage control, regardless of you know whatever nefarious plans WWE has behind the scenes when it comes to public relations, this is awesome. This is great. This is what we've been wanting. This is what any. This is what everyone that's been watching WWE for the last four or five years of the women's revolution wanted to see. Is an all women's pay per view. 
The only thing that we need now is tag team titles. Uh, James, man, how you feeling about this? This is this is awesome. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I personally uh, want to thank and congratulate. I don't know how you could thank and congratulate, but you got to give a round of applause to the women of the WWE. Uh, they deserve it. But I think it's damage control from what happened in April. I wrote a blog on our official xfpodcast.com, our blog site, uh, where you get me and Wrestle Movie Guy just telling our opinions. Uh, we're not expert writers, so if there's some editing problems, uh, let us know. Um, but I wrote in the blog how it was damage control and how the WWE Universe rejected the greatest Royal Rumble about the women being left out. And it's a, it's a decent blog. It's not really going to depth. Uh, and, you know, I was comparing contracts to certain things. But the women, while I was trying to get to get out in the blog and while I could try and get out with the announcement that happened on Monday night, is that the women have now become just not the, you know, the godfathers uh, uh, escorts. They are now headliners, main inventors, heroes, and champions of the WWE. And um, that's what I'm trying to get at. And I feel like, yes, this is where we get into. If I'm as excited as Nikki Cross was for the announcement of uh, Evolution, um, yeah, uh, I will be, you know, rabid. But, but I'm really proud. Of, and, you know, they've gone a long way in 15 years or 20 years from, you know, being escorts to being pudding matches to be Braun Payne's matches. And now they're going to have a whole pay-per-view dedicated to them. Uh, I'm one thing I'm really intrigued and looking forward to into this new WWE uh, Evolution in October. I want to know what the main event is going to be because if this is going to be a women's only pay per view, I r want to see something that's you know grand for either the Raw title or the SmackDown title for the main event, like maybe a Rousey versus Bliss or Oscar versus Charlotte or Rousey versus Charlotte, uh, something that you know gives it spice. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a big fail. Because where is WWE hosting this new Evolution pay-per-view at? In the backyard of the city that he, they know will come out and support it, and that is New York City. I think it's a home run for the women, a home run for the WWE, and honestly, if it is damage control from the greatest Royal Rumble, that just tells you that Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Triple H, or Hunter Hermselmsley, or... Mark, was it Levine is his real name, I think, um, actually listened to the universe, and they're finally out there listening to us. And they gave the women what they rightfully deserve. Now we need two tag team belts, and we're done. Well, actually, we kind of need four tag team belts because Monday Night Raw really needs women's uh, tag team titles as well. Belt. That would be cool. Like you were saying, bring back the European Championship. That could work. And just, have as a, and just have that as a women's belt. They don't have it as a men's belt anymore. Yeah. Like have a universe, like have a, you know how, how, how can I say, you can have like the Long Beach title or something like that or something that is not too feminine, mm -hmm. not too sexism or sexist or, no, not too like, oh, this is a girl's title. Give it like a name that is actually, you know, you can promote on a pay-per-view that people think I'm, I'm looking forward to this match like the intercontinental in the United States, but have it as the women's brand. 
I don't want to have the same replicas as the Intercontinental. It just that doesn't you know, it doesn't intrigue me to those titles. You, you want like an interesting name and make it intriguing, so you don't have sixty women competing for two belts. You want distinction. Yeah. A unique identity to a women's exactly. title. Because they, they do look a little too similar to each other, you know. And once you're just copying and pasting belts, it just looks less interesting. Or have them uh, named after legends. Uh, like have, like, like, hmm. like have Lita have a, not like, not like, you know how they, like the NFL, we named the, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. And all the trophies are named after legends yeah. of the sport. Let the yeah you have the Raw and SmackDown women's titles yeah you're gonna have those no matter what but if you don't have like a second grade belt name it after a legend the like a, like a legend's move or something that's something that's like unique that makes that belt stand out like don't name it like the not the May Young what's the the Royal Rumble or the Battle Royal uh they try to do the fabulous Moolah yeah which back said don't call it. Like belt like give it name into a legend or a female legend or give it like a a name where it can be identified as a belt don't give it like oh this is the women's united states title doesn't sound right yeah. you already have a united states title but i i love the evolution name when i heard evolution when stephanie McMahon said evolution i'm like oh so we're, in 10 years people are going to forget about evolution the faction not the pay-per-view so i i would hope they chose a different name but i get where they got the evolution and the the logo they've already created for it pretty pretty slick i really like the design it's it almost gives up like a little bit of pre-backlash when backlash first came into the wwe um the logo design but congrats to the ladies I, i'm actually looking forward to this pay-per-view in october i can't wait even though it's still two months away, but still, congratulations to the ladies. Yeah, it really does feel very far away, like too far away. Uh, do we even know what city it's going to be in? Did you uh, did you say where New it was York. supposed to be? It was going to be in New York? It's Nassau Coliseum, and what, the, what I read from uh, one of our uh, wrestling movie news, I think wrestlingmovienews.com, they've already sold 60% of the tickets within the first two hours of the tickets been on sale. Oh, that's perfect. They're making that's because people want to be there. So it's going to be, I thought like a, we were discussing last show about like a five to 10,000 seat arena. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to pack the Nassau Coliseum. They're in the Nassau Coliseum. So that's 20,000 WWE ain't playing. And, um, and if they can hit a home run with this pay-per-view, I won't be, I won't be, uh, you know, in any objection of having another woman's pay-per-view, maybe like right after Royal, uh, right after, right before the WrestleMania. Like mm -hmm. in like November, not November, like in like February or March time frame in there to like build up to WrestleMania. I won't be mine to have that either. Uh, I, I honestly believe you can quote me now. The women deserve so much more what they're getting right now. But hell. Oh, rocking that evolution music right there. I'm liking where you're going with it, dude. The, the thing is, is uh, um. Just think about this, just a second before we move on. Would you ever thought that we would get to this point that the women's of the WWE will have their own pay-per-view if we still lived in the Attitude Era? No, definitely wouldn't have happened. That tells, that tells you how far that we as a society have progressed. And that's why my hatred for the Greatest Royal Rumble is so high. 
is because these women are kicking ass, taking names, and they're finally getting respect. And, of course, WWE got some good publicity in the national media. Uh, and their stock went up, which is, you know, could benefit our certain football league that starts in two years. But I digress. Actually, it's it's funny you bring that up, and we, uh, we will move on to what happened this past Monday night. Uh, I was reading about... Uh, the the viewership for the past three weeks of WWE Raw it has been down to the lowest it's pretty much ever been. However, after the women's uh, Evolution announcement was made, they found that more women had stuck around than males for you know from beginning to end of Monday Night Raw. I was like, wow, I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. Like that was very unique, and that's a great sign that. Now that they've fully opened the doors and WWE has made it official, ladies, you can do anything here. Come on in. Come join us. It's not just a guy thing anymore. Like, that tells you a lot. And we'll eventually we'll get the John Cena's, the Rocks, the Braun Strowman type of superstars in the women's division. I think they're, they're there, but seeing that they've now opened the door to more following because of the evolution, you'll start seeing those characters. Like, I honestly think, like, Alexa Bliss, uh, uh, I'm going to say Roman Reigns, I'm sorry, <laughs> Ronda Rousey, I meant Ronda Rousey, but no respect, no disrespect to Roman, if you have a Roman Reigns type of character in the women's division, hey, that could be Ronda Rousey, uh, you got Asuka, I think they're trying to change their character, Amber Moon, there's so much talent in the women's division right now that they can headline their own pay-per-view, and and there's rumors that Charlotte is a couple of weeks out to return. And, and you know when the Queen comes back, it's going to be fun to watch SmackDown again, especially with Carmella running around like crazy with the damn mixture between Stephanie McMahon and uh, Vicky Guerrero. That's what Carmella is. But, hey, anyways, let's move on, sir, because we have a lot more to talk about tonight. I, I know Evolution is such a big deal. Uh, go check out our blogs at xfpodcast.com. You'll see more of my opinion about the show. So. Uh, we got more to get to, sir. Let's go. Let's get going. All right, all right, all right. And that brings us to... Yeah, people. Yeah, people. It's the big dog. That's right. He got the victory over Bobby Lashley, and Roman Reigns is on his way once again to face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. I gotta say, even as a Roman fan, I was kind of shocked that uh, that he got the victory. I really thought that Bobby was going to get it because I, I I thought that WWE was kind of over this whole Roman Brock thing, but they're not. They're clearly not. And is Brock going to lose it to him? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't seem to really like Roman, uh, and he's been saying, or at least allegedly been saying, that he does not want to give up the title to Roman breaking kayfabe he just doesn't want to give it to him is this true is this real god knows if it is but i would not be too shocked if brock lesnar's ego was getting in the way i know that he is a character and i know that everything that happens is is usually scripted but you know that's the beauty of of reality blurring into the storylines is that brock is a pretty cocky guy i mean look how he handled himself in ufc that may have also been staged Maybe, probably, possibly, who the hell knows? But look, point is, Brock has a huge ego, and if, he, and if he's going about it, and dare I say, like Bret Hart, and refuses to give the title to Roman, 
WWE may have to do may have to go into business for themselves. So if Brock doesn't want to give up the title, you make him give up the title. Uh, I thought that Bobby Lashley was going to get the victory, and they were just going to give it to him. He takes out Brock, and then Roman takes out Bobby. Apparently not. It's the sequel to the sequel to the sequel to the sequel. Uh, Roman is taking on Brock Lesnar once again at SummerSlam. A lot of people are probably groaning about that. I am just hopeful that it'll be like the WrestleMania 31 match. That was awesome. But every other match since then has been rather underwhelming. Even that cage match, which had a great ending, a botched ending, but a controversial ending is better than a boring ending any day of the week. Uh, I just hope that it's at least a decent match or even better. Make it like the match at WrestleMania 31, but I don't know. <laughs> as, as big as a Roman fan that I am, I'm kind of skeptical about this. Hmm. You're skeptical? Yeah. That's interesting. Because uh, I'm starting to think that the Brock's... I almost said Brock Strowman. That's still an awesome name, though. Uh, <laughs> Lesnar versus uh, Roman Reigns is becoming more like the Sharknado sequels. Um, it's god-awful, and it's still getting bad, but you're still going to have to watch it because it's still there. Uh, gets ratings. One thing I do, uh, it gets ratings, yes. Uh, one thing I do have to admit, Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns' uh, match on Raw was very good. It was actually uh, worth watching the entire match yes and that's um honestly i think their match on raw with the uh, crap extreme roles mm -hmm. um so basically i look at it this way i still don't see bobby lashley out of the storyline at the moment uh where are they gonna put bobby lashley at Roman marines just gets his match but i still kind of think that there's gonna be a triple threat match at SummerSlam. don't have that idea that there's going to be that because there's been multiple reports like you stated just a second ago that Brock Lesnar does not want to lose his belt to Roman Reigns because he doesn't respect Roman Reigns. That's like saying that uh, Roman Reigns doesn't respect Sean Penn in the UFC. That's pretty much it. Oh, okay. I think I you mean BJ Penn, Sean BJ Penn the actor. Penn. Or that, or yeah, or or you know, you know, Hillary Duff or Miley Cyrus or uh, whoever. It's like Brock <laughs> Lesnar is never on Raw. How in the hell do you have no respect for Roman Reigns when you're sitting your ass out on the sidelines? Thank you. Roman Reigns, in my opinion, yeah, I know people hate Roman Reigns or dislike him, but you got to give the guy some credit. This sounds like a blog that's about to be written. Uh, you got to give the guy some credit. This guy's bust his ass. He's a good wrestler. Yes, he beat Bobby Lashley, who, which is kind of odd, is that a couple weeks ago when Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns started this little feud, no one, no one gave this feud attention. There was no reaction from the crowd on Raw. There was some reaction on the crowd, and there was actually cheers in the crowd for Roman. It's like. The real wrestling fans are now accepting that, you know, Roman Reigns, he's out here every day. He's doing his, he's doing his due diligence. He's out there. Bobby Lashley is a newcomer, but still, Bobby Lashley has done more than Brock Lesnar has done in the whole entire year. So, I look at it this way. Yes, we get a rematch at SummerSlam. Let it be like WrestleMania 31 without Seth Rollins cashing in 
and went in the bank. Uh, went, but then again, it could happen with Braun Strowman, so that could be very intriguing. If it still, you have to agree that WrestleMania 31's ending was freaking epic. It's one of my favorite finishes in ever on WrestleMania. So, uh, it's in my top five. Views. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a. I don't know how to say it. It's a freaking awesome way to end the show. Um, and I won't be, I won't have no objections if it happened at SummerSlam with Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman, like Roman Reigns, is there every single Monday night or he's at every live event and he's kicking ass and taking names. Brock Lesnar is a no-show. Yeah, he sends Paul Heyman. Ooh, okay, whatever. Yeah, Paul Heyman's good. But yet also on Raw, Paul Heyman must have got the biggest, you know, you know how the WWE is always looking for the pop? He got one of the most negative responses that he's ever had as an employee of the WWE, even when he was back with the ECW. It's the first time I've ever seen a crowd boo his ass all the way down the all the way down the ramp. Yeah, in a long, long time. You know you're so, yeah. you know you're fucking up when Paul Heyman is getting legitimately booed. Yeah, so I look at it this way: uh, WWE needs to do something quick with that Universal Title. Or what? What Kurt Angle said wrong? Strip Brock Strowman. Oh, said Brock Strowman again. <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Uh, that's gonna be like a, a universal tweet I'm about to do. Uh, Brock Strowman, uh, courtesy of us. Uh, Braun Strowman, in my opinion, is going to be the universal champion here soon. But the way they have to do it is either give it a, the title to Bobby or Roman. I just don't feel like. Brock Lesnar gives two cents about WWE anymore. And he's just, you know, praying around with the belt. Like, it's, a, I guarantee he doesn't even give a crap about that universal belt. He just plays like he cares. He only likes that, what was it, 60 some million dollar contract he got? Yeah, okay. Thank you for the money. So, yeah. Was, well, he makes, a, he makes about 12.5 million a year right now. Just walk with the, what, yeah. It's still Come over, on. they're still overpaying him, and it's a waste of money. What's the point of paying this guy if he's not going to be on your product promoting since it? Since he's had that belt, the Universal title has lost its prestige since its beginning. Since Finn Balor won it the first time, the Kevin Owens, the Universal title had some, you know, some prestige in it. Well, Roman's a former Universal champion. Uh, technically not. It was actually the WWE championship. So he's never actually won the Universal championship. He was champion on Raw when the now AJ Styles SmackDown title was there. But since the split... He has yet to get the universal title. All right, so, so the only three champs in the universal title has been Mr. Smiley, Kevin Owens, and Brock Lesnar. Finn Balor and Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, Goldberg, Goldberg as well. Can't forget about Goldberg. Oh, there, there's the other one that oh, I want to fight in two matches over a three month period. You know, a couple years later, it is so weird to think that when you go down the list, like, oh yeah, Goldberg, yeah, huh? That's kind of weird. <laughs> that's another subject for another day. That storyline was god awful. I was a big Goldberg fan when he's in WWE. Uh, WWC. What the fuck, James? A uh, WCW. But when he went to the WWE, it was just like, eh, hey, I'm here. You're next. Uh, okay, whatever. Well, I, li I liked his re-return. I like the way they redid it. But, you know, we're getting off topic here. Yeah. Speaking of bad storylines, Sasha and Bailey. Oh, man, WWE. WWE, you had a chance. You had a chance. 
Uh, they they totally just pissed down their leg. I thought it, it none of it meant anything. It I guess it's still possible, but they're just dancing around it way too lightly. And I guess ah whatever it's WWE, that's just what they do. They tease something that they'll do something really original, and then they don't. But I think that they're blowing it right now. I think that the storyline has pretty much been a waste of time. Ha! It's pretty much been a waste of time, and they missed a chance to have a tasteful same sex romance. Uh, not liking it. Uh, though it was kind of nice to, you know, see that they took on a couple jobbers who, you know, didn't get annihilated, you know, good for them. I'm always, I'm always happy to see jobbers get, you know, even just a couple hits in on the superstars. Cause like, Hey, that could help them out down, uh, down at the Indies, but back to Sasha and Bailey, it's just, this whole thing's just pissing me off. Uh, it, I feel like it's going nowhere. If they backtrack and they do have this uh, kind of romance thing going, I would I would applaud them all day. But unless they're going to do that, like basically what they told me this past Monday night is that the last six months, everything that happened between Sasha and Bailey was a complete waste of time. Don't worry about it. We're moving on from it. What? What? Ugh. I, I hate being told that I, I just wasted my time. That's insulting to me. And that's basically how Sasha and Bailey's storyline has come off to me. That's all I got to say about that. Hmm, interesting. I look at the Sasha and Bailey storyline like Dr. Evil and the Mini-Me. That's basically, it's like two individuals. I know people are like, wow, what a comparison, James. Right. Right. Uh, because they have a hatred for each other but they love each other but they want to be each other kind of you know characteristics and same as you know dr evil and me me they're supposed to be identical even though they're not one's a little person and one of course you know is uh dr evil himself but stupid comparison just forget about that ladies and gentlemen uh, <laughs> i was trying to figure that out at first i was like wait are you talking about seth green's character in me me like they're both on the same team but they hate each other but they never do end up loving each other. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. I just, I thought I knew I was going. So, so there's another comic moment for us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, super still humans. Uh, but you said there, they, they still, they, they ruined their chances. I don't know. Uh, because how Bailey looked at Sasha's eyes when they were hugging each other in the middle of the ring. That tells me that the WWE is still teasing the subject, but they don't want to do it. I'm I, almost to the point where they may keep doing this until evolution, where it's pretty much acceptable at the time. Eh, well, it should be acceptable at any time, but uh, I, I just didn't get that, that feeling on the body language. Yeah to, yeah, to be a wrestling fan, like body language and ring psychology is a huge thing. Every little movement means something in that ring. Maybe, uh, maybe I know how to change characters when they're off stage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. But I just, I oh, maybe I'll go back and rewatch it, but you know, and, and and watch that ending and look at their body movements. But I, I just didn't see it, and you know? I didn't yeah. get that vibe. Maybe, maybe they were trying to portray it, but they, they just couldn't. <laughs> I think the WWE is teasing it. But I don't think they want to go through with it as of yet because they're afraid of the backlash that they might get seeing that they made the announcement of Evolution the same night. Not a bad point, I suppose. But, hmm, 
I don't know. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of sad to say it's a little too early considering how long the storyline has gone. But I guess since this is a new development, I love you. I love you too. And that's only been going on for two weeks. I guess it's a little too early to know. It's like the, the old lady from, uh, I forgot her name, from Titanic. Uh, uh, when was her last memory of him? It's been 84 years. Oh. <laughs> that's the storyline of Sasha and Bailey it's been 84 years <laughs> <laughs> well uh, from two superstars that are getting pushes like always we got ourselves a couple that just don't seem to be getting pushes ever but might be Titus Worldwide uh, actually stood up to the authors of Pain and managed to knock them out of the ring that kind of shocked me. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> when it happened on Raw, when we were both watching it, I would expect oh, the APA, APA. Nope, the wrong tag team, James. The, AOP. Uh, the AOP were going, you know, do what they do, just like throw them out of the ring. But Paulo Cruz and Tyus Worldwide, Tyus O'Neill. I don't know. Are they trying? I think the WWE is trying to keep them relevant, but not push them. Saying that they're not going to be a doormat anymore, but they're still a tag team because Ties Worldwide does a lot of community service for the WWE. He's yes, a very dedicated employee. So I don't think Vince McMahon is just going to throw him to the side because his tag team's not doing you know as well as you expected. Uh, Ties O'Neill does a lot for you know the WWE uh, charities, so you got to give the guy some credit. Plus, he's famous this year. He's the only guy who knows how to slide under the mat. After he gets called, <laughs> but yeah, so I was interested. I, I was surprised of how that happened, but are they pushing really ties worldwide, or is it just you know giving them the the do that they're still running the WWE and they're still great athletes and they do so much for the community and the WWE itself? Uh I think that in general, he's always gonna he's always gonna have a place on WWE because. Yeah. Again, he does so much, and he's great for the brand. He's he's a good mm -hmm. guy. He's very smart. It's unfortunate is that this, is he this generation's Billy Gunn or Road Dog? Uh, I'm not sure how much community service Billy Gunn and Road, Road Dog, Dog does. did. A lot, really. Yeah, he did a lot because he's always back. Well, he's back there all the time now. Billy uh, Billy Gunn and Road Dog are always backstage. They're part of the production crew now. Oh, that so I when they were at. But when they were the active WWE superstars, they were very they were out in the community a lot. Well, back then community service wasn't, you know, as big as it is today, but they did their part and they did more than the average superstar did. Well, I feel like uh, Titus doesn't really have very many blemishes on his record. Unfortunately for Road Dog and Billy Gunn, they both have had uh, drug issues with the WWE. Uh, yeah. Billy Gunn, he got kicked out because kind of uh, he he got kicked out a few years he ago. Bro, well, not just kicked out of the bar, but kicked out of WWE for a period of time because he was doing like a bodybuilder uh, program of some sort. You know, he he was going to co-compete in bodybuilding, and he got pretty juiced up. And they said that he had like ten times, you know, the level of whatever substance that he's not supposed to have in his system. And WWE fired him, but now they've brought him back a few years later, so he's working behind the scenes. Road Dog has had his substance issues, uh, but now you know he's clean and he's doing fantastic for himself right now. 
Uh, and he's been on the straight now for quite a while. Titus O'Neill, on the other hand, has really no no blemishes on his record other than maybe being suspended for the 60 days for that stupid thing, you know, where, where he grabbed Vince McMahon during Daniel Bryan's retirement speech, which was totally blown out of proportion. That was so dumb of Vince. But uh, basically, Titus does so much for the company. He's a, he's a hard worker, and he's always going to have a spot because of that. But yeah. I do wonder if maybe his feelings towards Hulk Hogan have something to do with him getting a, a more of a push against AOP because he has totally been very that. he's been very vocal about not wanting yes. uh, Hulk Hogan back in. Which hey man, if he wants to say that, he can say that he has every right to say it. Titus oh, worldwide already deserves to get pushed more. Titus is a good worker. Apollo is a massive star that should be a star and is just being wasted. And of course, you got my girl Dana Brooke. I want Dana Brooke to get more shots and matches. She needs to do more. She actually has talent, and she's been working really hard to get better. And basically, the entire worldwide squad needs to be moved up. But it, 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 I can't help but feel a little odd that he's getting big pushes over AOP right there, right after what he was saying about Hogan, which, again, man, say what you want. Say whatever the hell you want about him. But... Uh, I, I think that they all deserve a push, but it just seemed like the timing was a little odd to me. Hmm. I think Vince McMahon respects a person that shows uh, that actually you know expresses his opinion and backs it up. Mm-hmm. I honestly think Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon ap- appreciates his workers that do that. I don't think he. I think he loses respect when people like wrestlers they they get mad about Vince and they talk a lot of crap behind his back. Tyler O'Neill seems like that's not him. He if there's something issue. He's going to let it known, and he's going to let you know, and he's going to back it up. So I think just with O'Neill and how he's been um, in the WWE, and especially how Vince takes care of the superstars that he respects, I think the ties worldwide and their little faction with AOP, I think they're not trying to – they're trying to push them, but at the same time trying to get AOP over. And I don't think AOP will ever get over because – they just don't seem like a tag team that can be like, like the brother, the authors of paint, not the brothers of destruction, or you know, tag teams that cause massive damage in the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think the ties World Wild does need to push. They're ever they're there every night, or they're in the background every night. Um, they're doing. They used to be doing what uh, Jinder Mahal does with uh, uh, T. Um, which is awesome, by the way. I love that. Um, but given Tyus O'Neill's ability and Cruz's ability and Brooks' ability, I will not be mad if they push him. But I think this is trying to give uh, AOP a a beginning storyline to make him competitive in the WWE, so the AOP just doesn't go, you know, off in the sunset, which they did about a couple weeks ago because they couldn't get visas. Um, but I think Ty's World Ride has enough respect in that locker room that he deserves this push. Even though it may not be a big push, just get them on TV. He does great work, and he's dedicated to the business. Um, so, yeah, I agree with it. And uh, hopefully he – personally, uh, hopefully they keep Ty's O'Neill or Ty's Worldwide in the uh, broad picture of the WWE for years to come. Here, here. 
Uh, last thing before we move on to SmackDown, it was confirmed that Dolph Ziggler will be rematching against Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. Whoo, whoo, whoo. Uh, SummerSlam. Rematch City, bitch. Rematch City. Uh, Are you sure it's SummerSlam or is it Summer of Slam? SummerSlam. For the seventh straight year, it's hosted in Brooklyn. I think. Like, no, it's actually like two years. I'm so sick of it being in Brooklyn. Share the SummerSlam, damn it. Well, if it's going to be else, it's going to be in L.A. Where it's there for like five years. Can't they just come to D.C. one of these days, for God's sake? When you get backlash or, uh, you know, no mercy. You know, this is one reason, uh, before we get back to the topic of Ziggler and Rollins, this is one reason why WCW will always have a soft spot in my heart. Starcade used to take place in D.C., for a, for a number of years. So uh, I, I believe it was from like 1994, 95, up until like 2000 uh, when, when they had was Starcade in D.C. Always hosted in D.C.? Ooh, yeah, some of them were. Not all. I know that the last WWE one, that was in D.C. That was in 2008. That no, one was. was. Yeah, it was. That was I when... the Great American Bash was in D.C. I always had that. Because as always, you know, you had the United States flag. You always had the capital on either on the poster for the pay-per-view. Mm. I always thought that it was hosted. Matter of fact, you continue with the Seth Rollins thing. I'm going to do some investigation here, sir. <laughs> well, I'm going to kind of... I got to find out. Well, I'm going to kind of need you for this one because... Oh, All right. Continue. I can talk and search. That's okay. I could talk. Dolph Ziggler, Roman, and you know, like Dolph Ziggler, Roman Reigns, Dolph Ziggler, and Seth Rollins. Uh, what an interesting storyline that would be. The match that they had, you know, the five, four, three, two, one match at the Extreme Rules. Uh, I was reading that Rollins was talking, breaking character, about Dolph Ziggler being really rattled by that, by by the crowd doing the countdown. Because as we all know, we have preached on this show that when you go to watch a wrestling match, you don't bring balloons, you don't do random countdowns, you don't have like you, you don't make the show about yourself, period. It's about the wrestlers. Yeah, you have your chance, you know. Say your new day and all that, but you know, once you start going down the slippery slope of what? What? Five, four, three, two, one, eh, all that stuff. It can really rattle a wrestler, you know, when, when, when it seems like they're being disrespected because you are bringing in, you know, beach balls and crap like that. Apparently, Seth Rollins is saying that Dolph Ziggler was really shook up by that. Like, it kind of got in his head. And he hasn't, as far as, as I know, when, when he talked about this about a week ago, he said he still hasn't quite recovered, whatever that means. Uh, will this match be what it should have been at Extreme Rules? Which, again, it wasn't a horrible match, but, you know, it was very distracting with the crowd like that. And the ending with the overtime and Drew McIntyre coming out and costing Seth Rollins a victory, that was atrocious. That was terrible. Uh, will this rematch at SummerSlam bomb? Or will it be what it should have been? Hmm. Well, I don't think it will bomb because Seth Rollins and Ziggler have put on some great matches. The, uh, if you empty that arena, uh, Extreme Rules, and had that match go by itself, uh, a normal wrestling fan will enjoy it because of the, how these guys freaking – they have great chemistry with it. I don't think it's going to be a bomb. 
Um, but I do know it's not going to be the main event at Wrestle, uh, no. WrestleMania at SummerSlam. I know it's not going to be the main event. I just don't. You don't understand what the fans do. They like to hijack shows, and they hijacked that event. And yes, you had to count the countdown clock for the thirty man, uh, the thirty man Royal. Jesus Christ! Uh, the thirty minute Iron Man match. I almost said Royal Rumble. I'll get your mind together. Um, That's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Uh, the the show got hijacked, and there is a I think there's a video or a GIF or what or a GIF or there's something out on Facebook and Twitter, and you hear Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, and man, these fans are getting annoying. And and Seth Rollins I think replies back to some Ziggler saying, "Yeah, you thought you thought Royal Rumble was rough. <sighs> um, these these superstars, they hear you. It's hard for them to keep quiet when you're making these noises. They, it's hard for them to, you know, not smile or laugh or you know joke around because they want to. But when they're in a match to sell a script, it's very hard when you have somebody." counting down every minute for 30 minutes very annoying and the match itself at extreme rules was awesome the match on raw again it was decent it was nice it you know had its scripts had its things but will it be a bust at SummerSlam? i say it's not going to be a bust because when's the last time we have witnessed and what i should be saying with my opinion When's the last time we've seen Seth Rollins actually have a bad match? Uh, Sting. <laughs> uh, Finn Balor when he injured him. But then again, actually, you know what? That wasn't really his fault. That's unfair to say the Finn Balor one was bad. The Sting one was that was almost like a tribute situation thing. But yeah, um, <laughs> he ended Sting's the, career. Yeah, uh, do you want to know about the Great American Bash? Uh, 2008, I remember very well. That's when The Undertaker got quasi-murdered. Or, sorry, Paul Bear got quasi-murdered by The Undertaker after he after he defeated the Dudley Boys. But what you got? Uh, the Great American Bash was hosted in... It was, not, it was never hosted in Washington, D.C. Maybe I'm thinking of Capital Punishment, then. Okay, you're thinking of Capital Punishment. Uh, when it when the Great American Bash was a WWE pay per view, the closest it ever got to DC was Norfolk, Virginia. Ah. Uh. The where the uh, main event was the Undertaker versus the Dudley Boys in a handicap uh, match. So you're four years later, sir. It was 2004. That's the match you're thinking of. Ah. Uh. WCW. Uh, they went to Baltimore nine times out of 11 shows so wcw kept it close to dc but baltimore maryland but still the great american bash united states maryland you think of the capital of the country in dc they were close enough to dc so yep yeah, you know uh wwe is close it was norfolk virginia and that was it but the wcw when wcw had a great american bash it was all in maryland so, yes. Well, that surprises uh, the hell out of me. And Capital Punishment, yes. Uh, three shows were in D.C. And that was it. So, and, you know. and knowing is half the battle. 
Yo, Joe! What? I thought that was perfect. You know, segue to G.I. Joe right there. Great American Bash. Yo, Joe. Yeah, I was more of a Transformer type of kid. Oh, oh, well. Hmm. <laughs> Transformers more than meets the eye. All right. Speaking of meeting what's more in the eye. Oh, so you said, yeah, you don't think it's going to bomb, right? No, I don't think it's bomb. I think it's going to be a good uh, paper. Uh, good paper. Uh, hopefully it's a good pay-per-view because SummerSlams usually is. Uh, but when it's a title on the line, make it decent. And I don't think it's going to be a bomb. Ziggler and Seth Rollins have had too many compelling matches so far in this little feud. I don't think it's going to bomb unless there's something disastrous. Disastrous happen that you could tell either a wrestler that got hurt or a move did wrong or when another wrestler that interferes, um, you know, messes up the chemistry. But um, if nothing disastrous happens, it's not going to bomb. Uh, Seth Rollins, in my opinion, is the the guy right now in the WWE. You may disagree with me, but he's on fire right now. Uh, no pun intended with burn it down, but still, uh, I don't think it's going to bomb. And I'm almost getting tired of uh, Ziggler having the belt. But then again, WWE's trying to you know start a little feud here with different characters. I don't think it's bomb. No. I, think, I think that I know what they're doing, but it's not going to bomb. I could be completely wrong. All right, so that moves us over to SmackDown. The Viper, RKO, is back. And right now, I apologize, you know, uh, Mr. Mr. RKO, because you said you don't want to be called the Viper anymore. You just want to be known as RKO. All right, so let's get astray here, people. RKO is back. Uh, he opened up SmackDown this week with a phenomenal, phenomenal promo where he broke down why he attacked Jeff Hardy and why pretty much no one in the WWE is safe right now. Well, except for the ladies. I don't think he's going to go attacking them. I don't think that'd be a good look for WWE. So none of the male wrestlers are safe. The New Day, anybody, none of them. He called everybody out, and he called out the fans saying that uh, they've more or less forgotten him, even though so many wrestlers, including Bobby Lashley, had all come and gone. But he's the guy that has stayed there year after year after year. And you know what? He was right. Everything that he said was right on point. He... He was he was able to create a great promo that I can know that I can not only love but he made it so so okay let me how, how do I put this in the way that he broke it down he did it in such a way where the fans couldn't actually really cheer for him like before you could even try to cheer for him he called you out why you shouldn't and he and it got him a lot of booze a lot of legit booze in the same way that Alexa Bliss. Whenever people start trying to cheer her, she's able to just talk trash to the fans to cheer her and throw them to the wayside. That's exactly what RKO has been doing for years. And he's going to show the world why he still is the man. And this is what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for him to go super total heel. Maybe not, you know, Eddie Guerrero's burning in hell, Rey Mysterio kind of RKO. I don't think we need to go that far. But uh, yeah, dude. Evil Viper RKO is the bee's knees. It's the best. It's what he's it's what he's great at. He's incapable of being a good guy. How excited are you? I'm sure you could tell 
I'm psyched. I'm about to break out my old school NWO RKO shirt. I'm ready to see more of what Randy Orton can do to shake things up in the locker room. Well, Randy Orton, RKO, the Viper. The legend killer. The legend killer. What he did on almost said on Tuesday night, almost said Thursday night on SmackDown. On Thursday, James. It's been on Thursday for a couple years now. <laughs> what he did on SmackDown kicked off maybe one of the best SmackDown episodes I have seen in a long, long time. I'm going to get that out of the way. Uh, Raw, you were good. Live streams were awesome. You know, I still do. I still do them. But Jesus, SmackDown beat the crap out of you for how the show would place. But dang, Randy Orton. Yes. Calling out independent wrestlers. Calling out the Bullet Club. Calling out all the jesters and the fans. Oh. We just didn't get Randy Orton from when he was the pre-evolution. We got Randy Orton that has been secretly festering and secretly getting mad because we seen Randy Orton when he does the A game as a heel. And he does it better than a lot of WWE superstars have done it in the last 30 years. I think he got a lot of his training from Triple H. But still. That's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Triple H was a badass heel. And he always played a good heel. Um, I, he, I take that back. His faces were also cool when he was with DX. Face. Uh... Yeah. Thanks. Uh, in the middle of the ring. Uh. Now that Randy Orton is on SmackDown, now that we've seen him and his character switch currently right now, how he's been festering for weeks, months, even maybe a couple of years as a face in SmackDown, and he went after Jeff Hardy, and he's calling out all these independent wrestlers, he's calling out the fans, he's calling out the Bullet Club. Randy Orton's about to do some crazy stuff on SmackDown, and I hate to say it, Samoa Joe, I hate to say it, AJ Styles, I hate to say it, Jeff Hardy, um, Randy Orton is going to uh, get what he wants, and Randy Orton will get a belt. It could be the United States or the WWE, but the Viper, the RKO, whatever you want to freaking call him right now, is best for business when he is a heel. He's damn good at it. If he, if he is successful at this run right here, and is able to take down everyone. He could go on a unprecedented run. He could set flame to pretty much everybody because when you think about the Legend Killer and that run, he ran out of legends to kill. Now, WWE has so much new talent, which he called out, that he can just run through and ride that to a world title. And I think that Randy Orton could very well reinvent himself by being his old self, yet still, but making it relevant more than ever. So, yeah, dude, everything you just, you just pointed out were great points, and I think that this could be amazing. If they're willing to commit to him and yes. put this man on a rocket and send him to the moon. If they, if they commit to Randy Orton's new character like they commit to the Miz's character right now, I hate to say it, but SmackDown kind of has the better show at the moment. Uh, because Miz is kicking ass. And Miz is the other heel that's, you know, perfect. Not, not perfect, but 
You got Randy Orton in the Miz, two heels, two of the greatest heels of our era right now in the WWE on the same show. They're going to knock heads at each other because you know how heels usually don't like to you know team up with heels, especially Randy Orton in his history. He doesn't like teaming up with other heels because you get you know rated RKO out of it, uh, which wasn't a bad uh, you know bad tag team. But anyways, uh, yeah. They need to go all in for Randy. I want to see Randy Orton with his Legend Killer days come back, and let's just start making the run then here to next April or something like that for WrestleMania, just to you know, cause havoc in SmackDown. Because honestly, besides AJ Styles and The Miz and Daniel Bryan, there's really no superstar in SmackDown that has as much experience as Randy Orton. So he does have a point when he was calling out people. But yeah, I love this Randy Orton. I hated the face Randy Orton. Um, so, yeah, I want to see some RKO's go out nowhere. RKO just went from bland to flavorful. He's got it back, people! The poison is back! Anyway, we need to move on to Cien Almas. Looking like, uh, he's, he's impressing Vince. Uh, I've been reading a few articles that have been saying that, uh, Cien Almas' matches for the last three weeks have impressed Vince so much that he may be gearing him up for some sort of title run. I don't know if it's going to be United States or world title, but this guy's going to get a big push. And I think that that started by having a great match with Rusev. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I was a little tired when I watched that match. Did Rusev win that match? <laughs> Did Cien Almas? I'm pretty sure Cien Almas. Oh, now I remember now because uh, the uh, the fight uh, on the side, uh, Rusev Day was cost the victory because Aiden English came out trying to help out Lana because try she trying to touch my woman. Eh, not exactly what happened, Rusev, but uh, <laughs> it, it it all became a clusterfuck, and Rusev Day he winds up eating the loss. Sianamas moves on with the other another victory. I don't know how I forgot that, but there it is. I'm back. So what happens? They get into an argument backstage and in English and Lana and then Rusev just screams, well, maybe none of you are any good for me. Is uh, is Rusev Day possibly dead with Aiden English out? <clears throat> and Sian Almas, can he could he possibly be the next big guy? that Vince goes after. Maybe he wants to make him the SmackDown guy, kind of like Roman is the Raw guy. Could that happen? Uh, that's a big little step up for Almas to be the guy on SmackDown. Um, How often the guys impress Vince as yeah. this quickly? Yeah, good point. Uh, but if you look at the history of Vince McMahon on SmackDown or in Raw, he always likes a Hispanic, macho, masculine wrestler. We've seen it with, you know, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Rey Mysterio, and Alberto Del Rio. Um, he likes Ayo variety. Almas. He almost fits that mold of that Hispanic. Uh, looks like what I've read that he's supposed to be like a Nacho Libre, not Nacho Libre, uh, <laughs> underground tempo. Nacho Libre is that stupid uh, movie. Jack Black movie. <laughs> God awful movie. Um, sorry if I offended anybody out there who is a uh, part of the Lucha Underground. I, I, I don't know. I just said Nacho Libre. So stupid. But I want some nachos Almas now. Is, yeah, me too. Uh, Almas' character seems like he's a rogue from the Underground. 
And that fits Vince McMahon's mold of a macho type of character with a Hispanic background. Um, is Rusev Day over? Rusev Day is never over. Aiden English is done. I don't know what they can do with Aiden English after this because I think Rusev saved his career after his partner kind of left the WWE. Uh, what's the is the Von Villains? Uh, yeah, it was the Von Villains. Uh, Simon Gotch. Yeah, Simon Gotch. And Rusev Day kind of, you know, helped Aiden English for not, you know, for kind of, you know, you know, holding on to the, uh, hey, it's okay. Your career's not over yet. But is Vince pushing Almas to be what we think could be the next great Hispanic big tough guy on SmackDown? Yes. Can he be like an Alberto Del Rio? Can he be like a Rey Mysterio? He could be better. Or can he be, or can he be like Eddie Guerrero? Rest in peace. Hmm. Uh, but still, Vince usually doesn't push guys that just come into WWE from NXT within a week and you have them facing a champion like AJ Styles and almost beating AJ Styles unless you tap to the uh, cab crusher, which no one does and stuff you. Um, uh, Cien Almas did. Yeah, so Cien Almas did. So, <laughs> um, it's a quick... It, I don't know how to jump on it, but I think that Vince wants to have a, a Hispanic you know, leader on either one of the shows. Um, and he's been notorious known to do that in the past. But is Rusev Day done? Yes, Rusev Day is done uh, with Aiden English because the crowd's still going to chant Rusev Day. They're going to say that when Rusev Day is completely demoralized and disappeared or left WWE, they're going to still chant that crap for 10 years after, like they do with CM Punk. Um, but yeah, that's my opinion on both subjects. Yeah, if they keep pushing Rusev Day, like with the T-shirts, and maybe he yells it during the match, it's just not going to be the same without Aiden English, you know, being the intro. It's Rusev Day. We're going to miss that. Uh, anyway, our truth. She's no. Russian. Have you noticed that? Yeah, but that doesn't mean I want. I don't want to start hearing a rap though. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, hey, how about our truth? You had himself a great little match with Samoa Joe. What's up? What's up? I thought it was great. Uh, it, it, he still got it. I I don't understand why he doesn't get more opportunities to be in the ring. I know that he's like in his late forties, but this guy can still move like a madman. Like he's got all. He's got a great repertoire of moves that are difficult to do, and he's able to do them with ease anytime you see him, but it's just not very often. I mean, heck, I'm wearing, uh, you know, the, uh, I'm wearing my R-Truth today, shirt today, you know, in celebration of that. You know, I got my R-Truth, Golden Truth, Gold Dust shirt on, even though that storyline didn't go anywhere. I love the portrait t-shirt. I love seeing R-Truth get more chances, but unfortunately for him, he kind of got choked out, you know, after like, what what was it, like two minutes? But, hey, guys, that's two weeks in a row that we've actually talked a little bit about R-Truth. Last week, he had a great cameo, and uh, he had another one this past Tuesday, and, and a great little match against Samoa Joe. You think we're going to see more R-Truth, or is that just kind of kind of it? 
I think it's like when they, you see gold dust here every once in a while, or when you see a cane, you know, they're not the main, you know, card anymore. Um, basically mm -hmm. cameo, but it's always nice to see our troop. It's like when we see Booker T on pay-per-view pre-shows. He's only there to, for that. But Booker T's also teased that he may come back for a match. So um, there's some uh, little cheese for you guys to eat on. Uh, but yeah, mm -hmm. I love seeing our troop. I've always loved this character. Uh, very entertaining. The guy loves his job. And if you watched right along on the NWWE Network, uh, he has two episodes which he's in it. And he tells some strange stories about some old friendships back in the Attitude Era. Yeah, he's he hilarious. And, and, and he always talks about his wife's cooking, even though the people who drives with uh, say that they taste his wife's cooking and they don't want to offend him. And they're all like, his wife's cooking is not that good. <laughs> but, you know, he can't, our truth can't say it because his wife, I guarantee, is watching it. Uh, but our truth is just, he's just one of those characters that you like and you enjoy. Uh, you know, you know, you know, he's not going to do anything. There's not going to be no title push for him. Uh, he was like basically what Kofi Kingston is now, or was Co Kofi Kingston was him as a character that's dwindling out until he got on New Day. Um, but yeah, um, it's always nice to see our truth. He's, he's a great character, great individual. He loves the business and he got his, you know, he's back on the cameo. So, um, do I see him coming back? Of course. I like this little gimmick season. Uh, it's very entertaining, and that's his character. And uh, yeah. So more, more our truth. Hear us now, WWE. More our truth. Not too much our truth. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, like have him like popping in and out. Don't have him every single week. There's a lot of superstars on SmackDown that deserve more TV time than our truth. But you know, give us a. A segment here with the Bluetooth thing with, uh, with Dillinger. That was funny. It worked. But don't overblow it. Yep, that could go bad. I, I could see that. But still, we don't see him enough that I think that it would work out fine. Just don't have him going after Pokemon Go and whatnot. That was pretty bad. But uh, let's bring it right back to Asuka. She had a match against Billy Kay of the Iconics. Which was a pretty short match as well. I don't even think it went a full five minutes. Oscar basically kicked the living hell out of Billy Kay and ended got that losing streak. yep ended that losing streak one two three. And it was a nice nice touch to the match was the uh, the insults that the Iconics uh, made about Oscar. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she was made fun of took him took Billy Kay into the ring just beat the living hell out of her and got the hell out with the victory bing bang boom clean is she back on the right track are they gonna start getting her on some kind of winning streak again because no, we know she she's did. been destroyed the last few months Char oh, character wise well yeah she's lost 13 matches <sighs> and she finally ended that last last on Smackdown uh, I think I was tweeting something and I think one of my tweets uh, during the show got like 35 likes is because I was like, thank God the chose I was like, I was giving praise to Oscar. It's like, thank God the Empress of Tomorrow finally gets a win. It's like last time she won the game, she was, you know, or not game match. The was, game. Uh, she was promoted to be the, the most fiercest fighter in the WWE, but yet she lost 13 straight or 
what did I read? Like, she lost 13 straight matches, and five of them were no decision. So basically, that's like 17 matches. Ouch. Um, yeah, uh, Asuka is that wide receiver that you draft in the third round in the NFL draft that you know damn well that if another team sees him, he's going to get on that other team and become a superstar. Uh, and that's happened a lot in the in NFL, ladies and gentlemen. You can look up her history. Uh, Asuka is that type of, of individual. She has the talent to be a main inventor for the WWE. She almost main event in WrestleMania with Charlotte. And that's still, in my opinion, one of the best women's matches I've ever seen between those two individuals. Here, here. Um, and yet, you make her lose 13 straight, and now you got the Iconics. It's nice to get the win. Um, I think the WWE is... I think they're going to a position where they need to get her back on the winning ways if you want her to be a headliner for Evolution here in October. Um, so... I'm just happy that she got a win. It's finally she got a win. She's her character, the the Empress of Tomorrow, supposed to be a character of fear. You make her lose thirteen matches and five no decisions. Come on. Uh, Everyone is ready for Oscar. That's what it felt like for a while. Mm. Even my cat's ready for Oscar. Meow. You know, that was a pretty good night for Asuka. And, you know, this other bit of news was probably fantastic to her, too, because Lord knows she couldn't beat this guy. James Ellsworth is fired. Page fired the no-neck turtle-looking James Ellsworth. Uh, in a way, I, I kind of want to say thank God, but it never really got that annoying to me. Like, uh, they, they cut... They cut the joke short at the right time. James Ellsworth didn't need to be there forever. They basically have him on a pay-as-you-go kind of contract. Like, every every now and then, we're just going to call you and bring you on. All right, James? Okay, guys, catch you later. That's more or less how this is going. So I thought that they got rid of him at the most opportune time. And it was all that much, it was all that much better that Paige did it. Yeah, especially after the whole flirting thing, and she winds up setting him up with Asuka at the Lumberjack match and all that stuff. I, I thought that stuff was fun, even though the matches themselves weren't very good. You can't blame that for Paige, because, you know, she's not in the ring. But I like the, that they were able to show her authority to get rid of someone that's so annoying, such as James Ellsworth. Again, character, not the person. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But uh, in between all of that, of course, you got Samoa Joe sneaking up behind AJ Styles as Paige was making the announcement for who AJ Styles' uh, opponent is going to be at SummerSlam. Of course, James Ellsworth came out, declared that he should be the guy, got himself fired. Paige is in the back, tossing him out. And from out of nowhere, <laughs> from out of nowhere, just like RKO, Samoa Joe... Hey, that rhymes. Goes out and chokes out AJ Styles, and he signs the contract. A, happy to see James Ellsworth gone. And B, how do you feel about Samoa Joe being the guy coming after AJ Styles? Which, uh, when we were going down the list last week, I was mentioning that I think that's probably one of the few guys that could be uh, legitimate to go after AJ Styles because he has a lot of a lot of free time right now. He's not tied up in any serious storylines. Not exactly, because um, I remember last week we were talking on the podcast about Samoa Joe, 
um, about his not Samojo, about AJ Styles, about who can contend with, you know, who's going to be the next contender for uh, AJ Styles' title. Um, we never mentioned Samoa Joe. I thought we did. Is, oh, or maybe it was Cien Almas that I thought was going to be the guy. Yeah, we were. We were You're right. Cien Almas, but uh, we, I totally forgot about Samoa Joe. And what, Pay, how they set up that little promo. It's like, Paige is like, I want you to do something unexpected and different. And, and Samoa Joe is like, that was unexpected. That was different. And that was phenomenal. Oh, I love the way he said that. And, and what really made me smile is that I was like, oh, we're actually going to get a WWE version of TNA, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be very intriguing because these two Finally. wrestlers do have history with each other. Um, I think they do have history in New Japan as well. I don't know for sure. May have to look that up. Uh, 99% sure they do. Uh, but they have great chemistry. They've already faced each other. They know each other. Um, and Samoa Joe, as a bigger guy, his character is just, he's a badass. He was a badass when he was in ECW. He was a badass when he was in TNA. He was a badass everywhere he's gone. And as a person who grew up watching wrestling, I've always seen Samoa Joe with a belt. He hasn't had a belt on Raw or SmackDown yet. And Unbelievable. Uh, AJ Styles, in my opinion, um, is at risk of losing the belt at SummerSlam to Samoa Joe because, honestly, Samoa Joe deserves it uh, from what he's been doing over the last couple of months, uh, from fighting a random match against Roman Reigns and you know going to Bobby Lashley, then getting traded to SmackDown, and still going after certain different individuals. Um, but... It's a nice feud because they have history and they have chemistry with each other. It's like when uh, with Shinsuke going to No Man's Land recently uh, with the United States. It's finally we we can actually yeah it just begin. It's beginning right now, but the Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles type of rivalry is something that can not just last from SummerSlam. It's gonna last a couple months after, but. I did not expect. I totally for. I totally forgot about Samoa Joe last week, so I do apologize about that. But um, I really could have sworn. I could have sworn I mentioned him. No, uh, I re- I re-listened to the episode earlier today, and we didn't mention it. We mentioned the Miz. We mentioned uh, Jeff Hardy. We mentioned Shinsuke, and we mentioned uh, crap. I forget his name again. Sinamas. Uh, uh, Randy Orton and Sinamas. We never mentioned Samojo. The one guy. The one place I didn't look. So, yeah, I see a nice little feud here because I love when wrestlers, they get into the WWE that have history with each other and other brands. So they know each other's moves. They know how to, you know, counter each move. They know how to execute the moves without being like Jeff Hardy when doing the Swanton Bomb on Shinsuke, the other other SmackDown, and almost looked like he cracked his whole back. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm very intrigued to where the storyline's going to go for the next four weeks before SummerSlam. You got to wonder if they're going to play any AJ Styles, Samoa Joe uh, clips from TNA. That would be nice. Does the WWE have the rights to get that? I'm sure they can get it. Uh-huh. Just give TNA some a, a nice check. I guarantee you they'll accept it, seeing that they've been struggling to get people in the building and down there in Orlando. Poor TNA. 
I would try. I would if if I got the channel, I would, I would record and try to support them as well. I watch a little New Japan here and there, but there's only so much wrestling I can watch. People, WWE takes up a lot. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. Becky Lynch. Oh yes, it's Becky Lynch. She gets the W against Carmella in a pretty pretty damn good match. Actually, there's a couple spots where Carmella unfortunately didn't look that good, but. 75-80% of the match was pretty damn good. Uh, so, with that victory, Becky Lynch now has a title shot at SummerSlam. The day has finally come, man. They've been listening to us. Becky Lynch is finally getting the proper push that she deserves. So, she's going to get a primetime spot at SummerSlam. You think she's actually going to win it? Or is Vince just going to keep his new uh, female JBL... Keep, is, she, is Carmella just going to keep rolling? Do you think Becky Lynch will get the victory? On August 16th. I believe it's 18th. I think it's 16th or 17th. Around 8.30 at night. That's usually an hour into the program. Carmella versus Becky. The winner of that match will be Carmella. Um... I love Becky. I love Becky. Uh, she's we preached that she needs a push. She got her push. My prediction could change, but as of right now, based on what Carmella is doing, based on her mixture between her Stephanie Man wrestling skills and her Vicky Greer mic skills, uh, Carmella is becoming that heel on SmackDown, like what Raw has with uh, Alexa Bliss. But no, I'm not comparing Carmella to Alexa. That's like comparing a Ford truck to a Geo Metro. Um, I like yes, I like Carmella Geo Metros. And <laughs> Carmella is a Geo Metro, <laughs> and Alexa Bliss is the Ford truck. Uh, but does Becky have a chance of winning that on SummerSlam? Yes. Would I rather have Becky winning at SummerSlam? Yes. Do I like Carmella, Carmella holding the belt? No. If you listen to our past podcast, you know my anger about Carmella. That's another hour show I could do on Carmella. But as of right now, based on how the storyline is, uh, I'll, I'll have Carmella winning. I still, yeah, even though Ellsworth is fired, supposedly, um, I still think Carmella can have some tricks up her sleeve with some type of you know interference. Um, but I would love to see Becky Lynch do it. She deserves it. She's been busting ass. Uh, for a couple months now, just not just recently. I remember we were preaching this back at uh, what Elimination Chamber, maybe before then, mm-hmm. about Becky Lynch getting the push, and it's been a few months since then. So, yeah, I want to see Becky Lynch get what she deserves, but I don't know how to predict you know, Vince McMahon. And Vince loves to, you know, real cast out that nice, you know, cast, start reeling you in, reeling in you in, and he watch you bite it, and he pulls you in. Um, so Takes right t- now, I still think Carmella's going to win it, but I would love to see Becky Lynch do it uh, and make her get her be a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. She just deserves it. Uh, Becky's just a... Uh, uh, honestly, um, if I had a chance to meet Becky Lynch, I'll marry her because... Yeah, yeah. Her and... She'd have to say yes first. Yes. Her <laughs> and 2000 Stephanie McMahon. Yes. Okay. Also, Ste- Stephanie's already taken, by the way. Uh, Dana Brooke. I, I um, um, with 
Dana Brooke, if you're listening, I love you. Anyway, so uh, before we move on, uh, Becky Lynch. The game. <laughs> uh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna play the opposite. As of right now, I'm gonna say Becky Lynch gets the win. Just to have a little contrast on that call, because you make a lot of good points, but something about the way Becky just yells, I'm coming with the fire, coming for you, Carmella. Uh, it seems like Paige also wants Carmella to lose. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. Just a little feeling that Becky Lynch is going to come out victorious, but I do feel like Carmella might be on the on, like kind of like on that JBL path, where she's just going to hold on to it forever until somebody finally takes her down. What, like Charlotte? Yeah, kind of like that. You know what? Not a bad point. Yeah. All right, I could see that, but I don't think Charlotte was annoying as uh, as Carmella. You know when Charlotte gets back on the roster, she's going after that belt. Yeah, it won't be. It, it won't be no. Oh, Charlotte's back four months later. It's Charlotte's back next night, next Saturday night, or whatever pay per view Sunday night. She's gonna be going after the belt because when Charlotte has the tag team tag team, I wish uh, Charlotte has the women's title. Her character in the women's division on SmackDown or in Raw just increases. Because Charlotte is, I, I don't want to you know downgrade all the women in the WWE who have busted their ass, but Charlotte is the Tom Brady. She is the big Ben Roethlisberger. She is the Michael Jordan of the women's division right now. She is it. Even though she's hurt, she's still the lady. She's the guy or the chick or the woman. Yeah. And don't, she, ex- and don't expect when she doesn't get the belt, when she comes back, she's going after that belt. So if Becky Lynch doesn't win the SmackDown belt at SummerSlam, I guarantee you, or I can guess, predict. or make a prediction, that Charlotte will win it whenever she gets a chance of uh, the next pay-per-view or the Survivor Series or something. So, because Charlotte, she's not going to be without a belt for long when she returns. Yeah, I think she's going to be back in about two or three weeks. As she was, she had some ruptured implants, so she had to uh, to get those fixed. Which may not sound like a big deal, but yeah, that's actually, she got to get that taken care of quickly. So, wish her the best of luck. Get well soon. Uh, but let's move on, though. We got the New Day and Sanity. Yes, we're so crazy, Sanity. Taking on, uh, well, they're taking on each other, but this is the first match of the four-team tag team tournament. The New Day gets the victory after a pretty good match. Wasn't bad at all. It was pretty good. But again, I just don't really see what's so special about Sanity other than their intro. They just they just still haven't really done anything for me. But the big news is that the bar returned. Finally, Cesaro and Sheamus, two of the workhorses of either one of the, the uh either one of the show's tag team divisions, whether they're on Raw or whether they're on SmackDown, they are one of the best teams in wwe and they finally made their return i was so happy to see them uh i don't know what kind of storylines they have lined up for them but that doesn't matter because anything they give the bar they seem to turn into a gold they turn it into a bar of chocolate gold it's beautiful so they're back uh maybe they can save sanity maybe they can make them relevant but 
they still have a tag team match to uh, to win because you know they're probably going to win because they're the new team back. So whoever faces them, uh, I believe it's the Usos uh, next week, as uh, they definitely got their work cut out for him. You psyched to have the bar back? We don't set the bar. We are the bar. Uh, you're looking at your future SmackDown tag team champions because I think they're the only tag team champ, only tag team to take down the Bludgeon Brothers. Uh, I'm really, even though I know the Bludgeon Brothers are tag team champions right now, um, it's like I really don't care about the tag team division anymore because of that. Like the Bludgeon Brothers, yeah, we're tag team champions. Okay. Um, they're dominating, but no personality. Yeah, they're dominating with no person. It's like the AOP right now. They're dominating with no personality, and that's why you get ties worldwide facing them. Uh, but Sheamus and Cesaro were God. I how can I say this? They were so dominant on Raw with the tag team division for about what maybe a year and a year and a half, maybe a little longer than that. Took them a little while to get there, but yeah. But still, their characters how. It was like Team Hell's No. You know how the yes and the no, they cheered for Cesaro, they booed Sheamus. They got into um, arguments. They got into arguments, and it sold the tag team. I look at this tag team, Cesaro and Sheamus, when their intro hit on SmackDown, they didn't get boos, they got cheers. And that's different, because they usually never get, they're mixed because of Sheamus and Cesaro, they hate Sheamus. <laughs> But they love both guys, and the Usos are like the afterthought in this whole situation right now. And the New Day, yeah, just beat Sandy. I honestly, in my opinion, I know Sandy just came up to up to the SmackDown, uh, losing the New Day right there. Uh, that's like Oscar losing 13 straight matches. That actually is going to hurt Sandy in the long run. Um, because I was telling Sandy, like, welcome to the tag team division. But, oh, this is still the New Day, Usos, and uh, the, the Bar's territory. Uh, but I love the Bar because if the Bar broke up, Seamus Sin- and Sinsaro can be two individual characters that can, you know, rise to the top in the SmackDown's division to compete for other belts. Because that's... That was the package of that tag team. Is that both both player or both players, both superstars can have actual individual storylines that can you know help the brand of SmackDown. Do I love the Bar returning back? Yes, I miss them. They have one of the sweetest intros in the WWE. I met James personally. Then meet Cesaro, but that was because I was at a live event. Um, but yes, I'm. I'm like you're you're ex- ex- excited for Evolution, the pay-per-view. I'm ecstatic that the bar is back. Uh, I really miss those guys. I really miss watching Cesaro get his teeth shoved into his skull after missing the <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and like just getting a facial to the turnbuckle. Well, that just uh, sounds wrong. I'm dirty too, but still pain and suffering. Um, but yeah, I love tag teams that have dysfunction, but. Seamus, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do a top five here. Not today's show, the next show, of our most underappreciated superstars. On, and Seamus is one of those five in my pick, in my top five. For this generation, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, yeah. Uh, 
I'm excited. I like the bar. Matter of fact, I may switch that to my alarm clock. The bar's intro. Can't go wrong. It is a wonderful theme song. And a good combination at that. And man, that brings us near the end of our show. And we'll start with the end of SmackDown's show. The Miz Premiere Party! Yeah, Miz and Maurice and their baby... Uh, damn, you know what? I don't even remember what the baby's called. But anyway, Baby Miz. I'll just call her, I'll just call her Baby Miz. Uh, yeah, they came by. There was a whole show. And Daniel Bryan winds up interrupting their celebration. And, man, they got pretty close to Schnitzky territory because uh, The Miz winds up throwing the baby at Daniel Bryan only to realize it's a baby doll. And uh, The Miz proceeds to beat the hell out of Daniel Bryan. He says, man, did you think I'd actually bring my daughter to this crummy little town? Did you think <laughs> I'd actually, you know, you know that, that, was an, that was a baby actor. It wasn't a real kid. So everything about the Miz premiere party was fantastic. I loved every bit of it. And I thought that the only thing that was missing was the Miz kicking the baby doll into the crowd. That's all I wanted at the end. <laughs> kick the baby. Don't kick the baby. Kick the baby. Oh, I wanted to see that. Yeah, that would have been a very interesting twist into the storyline. But I'm having this very sneaking suspicion that Daniel Bryan's character is becoming a little heelish. Heels usually don't do what Daniel Bryan did on SmackDown. I was thinking the same faces. thing. Faces. not He, like, interrupted him with the wrong promo. Faces don't do that. They're not the ones that do that. Faces don't usually go out of their way to be dicks to other wrestlers. Yeah, and Daniel Bryan, it, this just hasn't just been just, just one episode. This has happened since he's become an active superstar. Um, and I'm, all, I'm almost buying into that they're trying to change Daniel Bryan's character. Not 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 so goody two shoes, basically. Yeah, not being a, like being someone who's been disrespected for the last six years because he was hurt and he couldn't wrestle and got you know bad you know uh, diagnosis by doctors that type of you know anchor. But he hasn't been all the face of the WWE or SmackDown brand that you want a, a true face to be. He's not a AJ Styles right now. He's not The Rock when he was good. He's not Seth Rollins. Daniel Bryan is not in my. He is in neutral terror. He's battling the heel in the face, the lightness in the dark. Um, but I gotta give credit where credit's due. Uh, I know most of our listeners, if you've reached this show, thank you. Um, do yourself a favor. Go watch Mr. and Mrs. That's a very that mo- I actually gave it a chance. I know I kind of ripped it on the last episode, but I gave it a chance. And the plot was pretty good. You actually get to see the Miz and Maurice backstage in real life. And pretty entertaining. And the Miz and the Daniel Bryan feud, back to SmackDown. Um, okay, I want to get to the stake now. Let's get them back when they were fighting, when they were back on SmackDown before Daniel Bryan got hurt. Um, so, yeah, but... Of course, the Miz is being the Miz, one of the good heels in the business. Uh, Daniel Bryan, I think, is caught in a hard, uh, in a hard place, a rock in a hard place <laughs> right now. 
Um, but that video thing that he that they played for Daniel Bryan was that was no face. It's like the WWE or the SmackDown, whoever's running SmackDown, think it's Stephanie McMahon backs. I don't think Vince does SmackDown. Uh, they're toying with the the image of Seth, not not Seth Rollins, of Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan being a heel. I almost th- I actually thought that uh, yeah, what you're saying that like the Miz pointed out the flaws in Daniel Bryan. I was like, if you stop to think about it, he's actually right. Whether or not you like him, he was right. He just couldn't stand there. He couldn't allow the Miz to just simply have his premiere party. So the Miz knew what Daniel Bryan was going to yeah. do and outsmarted him. Can you really hate the, the man Miz? for that? I can't blame the Miz because I've I think I've mentioned to you or I've talked to one of my buddies who also watches wrestling. The Miz is the greatest antagonizer that's ever been in the WWE in a long time. This guy can start feuds based on his show, The Miz TV. He just likes causing trouble for the hell of it. When was the last time we've had a superstar like that? Jericho, maybe? Uh, CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk wasn't the guy who did that. Yeah, but he was still heelish. Yeah, he was a true heel, but he wasn't like, like, the Miz, because the Miz does like you know Miz TV with random mid card guys to just stir up the pot. He's his character, the Miz, his character. He's done that ever since he started doing the Who's the Next Diva Superstar, where he found Maurice. Um, he's just his character right now. He's it's. The Miz, I'm going to say this right now. The Miz, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, those are the five wrestlers right now that they are on fire. Do not mess with their character or slash storylines right now. They're, they're, they're lit right now. Those are the five ones. They're on their A game right now, and those are the five main card guys that are keeping the WWE afloat. And The Miz... Little's characteristic. I usually when you have a heel, heel versus a face, you always want to see the face win. But right now, I can't pull for Daniel Bryan to beat The Miz right now. The Miz is just, my opinion, maybe can't say he's the best superstar in Raw on SmackDown because of Randy Orton and AJ Styles, but he's up there. Daniel Bryan's almost becoming an afterthought on SmackDown, even though they're trying so hard to push him. I just don't get what they're doing with him right now with the the heelish type of approach of his promos. Uh, people still get up and they keep doing the yes, 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 yes. So as long as people keep doing that, I think Daniel Bryan is safe. But maybe that's why they're doing these little tweaks with him because they know no matter what they do, well, not no matter what they do, but uh, they don't have to do as much to keep him over as opposed to get him over. So they're going to try to keep doing more creative things with him. If, and if that means they're going to make him more of an anti-hero, I guess, then I guess that's what they're going to do. And it looks like that's what they're doing with him right now. Uh, but definitely, yeah, The Miz, I actually kind of got to agree with him. I don't think that he was in the wrong to prepare for Daniel Bryan because... Daniel Bryan was going to do that, and he did. He interrupted everything like an a-hole, and uh, yeah, he got his comeuppance for it. So I got to go with the Miz on this right now. <laughs> wow, welcome to the Miz train. Hope you enjoy it.
Oh, from what I hear, it's very fancy. So I'm hoping that it's 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 awesome. Awesome. I take you there. Okay, I'm, if not, I'll be sorry singing that intro too. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> we may as well close out right now, guys. Uh, that brings us to an end. The Smacketh Down and the Raw Super Shows. Blah, blah, blah. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, if you got any opinions, if you got any questions, you know, you want to let out frustrations with us on what's going on, uh, make sure to tweet at us at, at WrestlingMovieG and at XF Podcast. We love getting tweets and we will respond to you. Lickety split. Uh, we got a few projects coming up. Like I said, next week we're going to try to work on getting a top five under underrated or underutilized wrestlers of this current generation. Uh, we also have been meaning to do a, uh, a movie review. We need to get on that. We we're supposed to do that this past Wednesday, but uh, I think it slipped. I was busy. Yeah, slipped past us. Work, life, I haven't been feeling that great. In fact, my nose may still sound like I'm, I'm clogged up, and I apologize for that. But, hey, what can I do? Pollen is my natural enemy because I'm allergic to it. And it's pretty much everywhere around me, so that sucks, even though I take my medicine. Uh, but yeah, we're going to keep doing this. Uh, should there be any new XFL news, we're going to get another XFL podcast out there, but it has been a little bit quiet lately. Uh, I am We still- might do a podcast of the XFL based on like a subject or a topic. It won't be as long as a normal XFL podcast, maybe like 30 minutes or something that will come up with an idea and discuss an idea of situation. Um, but it won't be, if there's any big breaking news that breaks about the XFL, we will be there within 24 hours of the news, maybe, or let's just say if, uh, they announce all eight teams on a Tuesday, a Tuesday night, you will get an XFL pot, an XF podcast that Wednesday. We're not going to be that far from the news. Um, we're going to talk about everything, but as of right now, we're no news. We'll do like 30 minute shows based on topic, like rule changes, ideas, conversations, so on and so forth. But, Heck, football season is about to start, too. NFL is right around the corner. We got the Hall of Fame game coming up. And uh, with that said, I think that we're about ready to call this a wrap. Remember, don't forget to follow us. We're all over YouTube. We're all over iTunes. Just look up XF Podcast if you're listening to this on YouTube. And until next time, guys, we will catch you later. I'm touching myself tonight. Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego.